Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at creator's warnings about the psychopaths among us. So this is, uh, this is one of those interesting, troublesome tar- you know, topics that we do, do occasionally, Carl. But uh, this is one of the more important ones, I think. It's one that we've you know, certainly addressed in the past, but I'm not sure we focused on to this level of detail before. Well, uh, no, we haven't, and that's the reason and that uh, I wanted to bring this forward because we, we think of someone with a severe deficit in their ability to be human, really, to be nice, to be honest, is uh, a rarity, but life proves otherwise. You know, you just turn on the TV any, any old time. And you'll see all kinds of wrongdoing, deception, things that really reflect a poor character on the part of people. Being self-serving, whether it's for a cause they believe in or a personal gain, it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. It, wrong is wrong. And, and we're going to talk about the deep issues behind that. And just to get the terms out a little bit so people really understand what we're talking about, the psychopath is kind of at the extreme of a spectrum in losing the ability to feel compassion for people, to be love-based, and to care about others and not think of them as objects to be manipulated. Psychopaths are the worst. They're the ones devoid of conscience, ruthless, and can be quite savage, but they're not necessarily violent. And right. we'll, we'll, we'll allude to that as we go along. So this isn't a psychiatric diagnosis. The psychologists talk about antisocial personality disorder. And it's kind of a broad catch-all diagnosis. And so the terms kind of go from an ex- a, a milder form of narcissism kind of self-involvement putting the person's own ego ahead of the other guy to malignant narcissist, you know, more devious, more diabolical. And then to a sociopath who is someone maybe with a little bit of conscience still, but it's weak. And then the psychopath devoid of conscience altogether. And that's where you can see a lot of the serial killers and so on who just think of people as objects and they have no remorse whatsoever about what they do. Yes. But there's a spectrum. There's people all along that that range from mild to severe. And even the mild is pretty nasty to be around, I can tell you. And my clients will tell you. <laughs> well, I think this show we're going to explore not so much diagnosing psychopathics, but identifying them you know yeah. kind of spotting them uh i think a diagnosis is a more is a deeper level of analysis right. we're just looking at trying to identify them in our lives so that's what this show is hopefully going to assist with yeah and we we don't want a witch hunt we don't want people no. going around calling people names and so on but but most people don't really know this information and the patterns 
that reflect this kind of of challenge that that people face who are afflicted with this. Yes, absolutely. You asked creator, most of the questions for today's show are derived from the book, The Psychopath Code, Cracking the Predators That Stalk Us, by a late open source software creator, Peter Hinchins. Hinchins created hundreds of volunteer project teams and found almost all of them to be magnets for bad actors. This proved to be such a problem that he devoted most of his final years to analyzing and ultimately writing about it. Hinchins writes, there are some scary people around. People who take what they want using their charm and wits. Con artists, professional liars. They take from friends, colleagues, family, and strangers alike. They never apologize or feel remorse towards the people they hurt. They often have criminal careers. We call them by many names, narcissist, antisocial, sociopath, even CEO. And more and more, we call them psychopath. Can creators share with us the divine perspective of these scary people around us? All right. This is creator's answer that I channeled. This is a good characterization. Although other groups of people, like politicians, could be added to the list due to the preponderance of psychopaths in the mix. This is a name for someone with an extreme lack of conscience, ability to feel compassion or empathy towards others, and with a strong desire for power and control, as such individuals have no other way of having fun because they lack a love impulse, which is the basis of most forms of enjoyment, most types of entertainment, and things of a lofty nature that are satisfying to the soul. These individuals are truly lost they are suffering from a deep, severe disconnection from the higher realm. So they are cut off from creator's love, the ability to feel it, the ability to bestow it to others. For the psychopath, any talk of love or gesture meant to be loving is a sham. They have to concoct it because it is unnatural for them and they can only do it through mimicry seeing what others do and going through the same motions. Many are highly intelligent and clever, so they are often quite successful in cultivating relationships. But this is done to exploit people, to make them subservient, and in fact, often a kind of slave to, to the ego of the psychopath, as it gives them great enjoyment to be sought after and served by those in a subservient position. But this will not be rewarding for such individuals. It will be a subjugation. And if allowed to go on for too long, could become soul damaging and highly destructive, not only to the happiness of those around the psychopath, but in the degradation that results, make them vulnerable to spirit possession and a great worsening of their being across the board. This is the true origin of the psychopath that they have been altered through a manipulation to disconnect them quite severely from their higher self, the gateway to the soul, leaving them on their own without creator's love to work with. This is a preview of coming attractions for the atheist who can coast for a time, not being too long from having been in the light personally with creator and the loving environment of bliss all in joy. But if cut off from the divine, we'll have greater and greater difficulty. The more they ignore the existence of the Almighty, 
the more they risk reaching a point of no return and becoming increasingly selfish and then harsh and brutal in their treatment of others. Thankfully, not all will reach that extreme state even within a lifetime. But the bigger picture is that with generation after generation of atheists, there will be a cheapening and a worsening and a degradation that drags all down with it. And at some point, the society becomes quite savage. That is a high price to pay in service to the ego, thinking one knows it all and can do everything on one's own, and that talk of the divine is a myth. Well, there's certainly a lot of revelatory material here. You know, the idea that the psychopaths, the cause of their problem isn't genetics, it's not, you know, toxins in their food, it's not, you know, a difficult birth or even a bad home environment. The problem is they're cut off from the divine, you know, that they're they're cut off from their own higher self. And probably in almost every case, this extends back multiple lifetimes. It's not something that just manifests in a single life I'm, I'm putting out there. Well, and, and keep in mind, we're talking about the extremes in this show today, but there's a whole range of bad actors, as Hingens puts it. Yeah. And, and you run into these people. Some people are married to someone like this, just very selfish, very hypercritical, damning of them, but wanting endless understanding and acceptance and glorification. Yes, by the other party and and maybe don't deserve it, but they expect it. That that yeah. sense of entitlement is is a very narcissistic trait. And yeah, they that's on the attention. spectrum. Yeah. yeah. US creator Hinchins posits the idea that society has developed psychopath detectors. One of the principal ones is humor. Hinchins writes that we instinctively trust people who make us laugh. It's not enough to just laugh either. Both parties must laugh at the right moment, not too soon not too late. The, la <clears throat> the laugh must last long enough. <clears throat> it must not be too loud nor too soft. A good joke makes both the teller and the listener happy. A failed joke disturbs and irritates us. Hinchins further writes, what we have evolved with humor is an empathy detector. If the listener has no empathy, they are baffled. A psychopath cannot laugh right. He does not laugh or he laughs too much or too long. We are more wary of people who laugh too much than those who don't laugh at all. What is he hiding, we wonder? What is creator's perspective? And these are creator's words. If you think about what happens in a humorous moment or the basis of a joke, there is always an underlying disquiet about something happening or a state of affairs that puts someone at a disadvantage. This creates tension and laughter is used as a safety valve for the release of tension in awkward situations of all kinds. It is healthy and restorative to decompress by letting this inner pressure have an outlet through laughter that shows those present you're not taking it seriously, but can laugh it off, so to speak. You are sensitive to the plight of the object of the humor, but empathize, and hence you are using the safety valve of laughter to show you recognize the compromising situation and feel for the victim. This is a healthy outlet, if not done to mock people or make fun of them in a way to cause pain and suffering or humiliation, as that can lead to quite serious emotional problems of all kinds, including a chronic self-judgment and self-condemnation 
that can even result in an early death, actively through suicide or indirectly through developing a chronic health condition, or even an outright decision to leave, triggering a sudden death that might not be understandable to a coroner, but is truly an escape from torment. So the idea of humor as a test of psychopaths is an astute observation. Psychopaths lack the ability to feel empathy for others. They may learn through their intellect in observing others what people laugh at and find funny and go along with the crowd, but will have a hard time empathizing with people naturally on their own and will be more likely to simply criticize or judge someone doing something goofy, unexpected, or through a mistake of some sort. Most people will laugh because it makes them uncomfortable and they don't want to call the person out, but can't help needing to release that inner pressure within themselves of feeling bad for that individual. This is why the saving grace is to claim, I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you. To reinforce the point, they're simply feeling bad for the butt of the joke and not wanting to cause harm. The sociopath will often miss the humor in a situation entirely. And if they say anything at all, will be to criticize and judge and not to laugh in sympathy with the plight of the person who's having a bad moment. So this indeed is a good detector for identifying the psychopath as being in humorous situations will put them to the test. It is not a fail-safe way to evaluate such individuals because they often learn enough through taking part in things to, in effect, act human and mimic what others might do or say in finding things humorous and will adjust their own response similarly. But an equal value in thinking about this relationship is to better understand the plight of the psychopath and how they have come to be that way. You know, I think it's spot on that humor is definitely a uh, a means to detect psychopaths. But that doesn't mean that there have not been psychopaths that were successful comedians, because I think there were. You know, um, I would draw a contrast between somebody like Johnny Carson and maybe Bob Hope. You know, Bob Hope was a great comedian, but I don't remember him laughing at his own jokes very much. Whereas Johnny Carson was laughed all the time, sometimes uncontrollably, you know. And so I think there's yes, there is think definitely a mystery there. Yeah, I think you're putting your finger on something here. Bob Hope was a master at getting people to pay attention to him. Yes. He was the center of attention. So he was always kind of floating above it all and, and more judgmental than, than a lot. You know, not in a vicious way, but just sort of like, you know, he's the guy who's too smart for the room. And he, yes. he, he you <laughs> know, he can see through everybody else and right. kind of look down his nose at them. With a snide comment, you know, a little side remark, like he knows what's going on yeah. and he's he's bigger and better than that. And and he knows more than the other guy and that kind of thing. And, and if you if you know his story in his life, he hired joke writers his whole life long. Sure. And he had a set of jokes on little index cards, thousands and thousands of them. And that's what his act was. He would take his note cards and he'd memorize which ones he wanted to use in a certain engagement, and that's what he would do. It was by rote. Yep. Interesting stuff. U.S. creator Hinchin speculates that psychopaths have only one true fear, and that is of being unmasked and exposed. He suggests this is why they can never accept responsibility. 
If a psychopath gets caught, he always denies the facts and blames someone else. It may be the victim. It may be other bystanders. He denies responsibility even when confronted with material evidence. There will be no remorse, no attempts to make it right, no apologies. What is creator's perspective? Boy, we all know people like this, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. <laughs> you see a lot of them on the news, too. You do. Well, this is what creator says. People who are loving will regret their behavior if they harm someone inadvertently because they understand what it feels like and will feel empathy for their victim. A loveless being in the form of a psychopath is quite shallow because all they have is their ego and the power they have accumulated to manipulate others and provide a kind of security based on their ability to control their environment and those around them. Any time that is threatened, it will be felt keenly because power and control are the only rewards they have to make their life worthwhile. So any questioning of their authority, their status will be met with a denial and often an attack to punish the other party for daring to question them or criticize. This is an outsized ego on display and the behavior of a loveless person unable to take criticism with a deeper understanding it might be valid. Or at least it reflects something concerning the other party that needs to be addressed. And the issue of being unjustly criticized, perhaps, will not be wounding or devastating to a normal, healthy person who can set aside and undo criticism as simply being erroneous and will not feel threatened by it because they know inside who they are. Their self-regard will be healthy as well, as that is one of the fruits of receiving love from the divine. You will have love to work with for the care and feeding of your soul and maintaining well-being and happiness and feeling good about who you are. This is why people who are truly well-balanced and in divine alignment can be dispassionate and even caring towards others who are attacking them savagely, simply wanting to help address how they came to feel that way and set the record straight because it will be helpful to their critic to not be in the wrong and will not be taken so personally and certainly not escalate into an angry response, let alone a hate-filled attack seeking revenge, so often happening with the psychopath who is questioned. So again, we're looking at the extreme of the spectrum here. And, uh, you know, the inability to to admit a mistake um is not just the domain of the psychopath. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's also I, the narcissist. And, yes, you know, and, and frankly, probably at least half of the global population is is struggles with admitting fault when they are at fault. You know, I have some of my own family even. So um, not everybody who who struggles with that is a psychopath. But every psychopath has that issue. That, yes. that, so that is one of the ways to identify them for sure. And, and I think what this is, is really pointing out is those kinds of behaviors are non-divine. It's yes. that simple. It really is that simple. You know, are you acting in a divine way, in divine alignment, or are you being a little more selfish, a little more self-serving, maybe defensive, you know, trying to preserve your ego if you're under attack from someone or criticized? But it, it really doesn't have to be that way. You can be stronger by feeling love and understanding others and caring about them, which is really what people want in the first yes. place. Yes. And if you're putting yourself first all the time, you're not going to be able to be divinely 
guided and acting divinely in the moment, spontaneously in every situation. Now, that's a, that's a tall standard. Few can do that. But that's the point of this, to show us that we're incomplete and we're here to learn about all this and to do better. Yes. So that's why we think these discussions are, are useful because they're pointing out the, the, the folly that is to be human as a physical expression. And this is the playground and the learning environment, kind of the kindergarten yes. for how to comport yourself. And this is where we're gonna really earn our credits and grow into a much more divine form. Well, reaching for high standards is what we're all about, Carl. This is what our project is all about. And, you know, you don't, kids start talking about college when they're in kindergarten. So it's never too early to start thinking about and reaching for higher standards. Yes. Well, you can help. We can help you reach for higher standards at getwisdom.com. Uh, be sure to visit and join up as a participant member. It's eternally free. You're going to get access to about 80% of our content, which is <laughs> more than you can digest in a long weekend, <laughs> for sure. Um, there's also our Divine Wisdom database. You can even check it out right away at getwisdom.com slash db, getwisdom.com slash db. There's, what, 6,000 plus questions now? I don't even know anymore. Um, with full answers available. So uh, there's a ton of, of wisdom to to mine and to, to consider. So we invite you to take uh, active participation in that at your earliest convenience. And we'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at creator's warnings about the psychopaths among us. And uh, turns out there's there's more than a few. I, I, I'm guessing the... Uh, the estimate is probably about 10% of the population, Carl? Um, it's not quite that high. But if you lump in the people who are on the spectrum, it's a very high percentage, Yeah. unfortunately. Right. Yes. And so, everyone knows people who act this way. And I think that's that's the point I think I most want to get across here. This is kind of pointers in how not to act, how not to behave. Because if this is the outstanding characteristic of a psychopath, 
to lie, for example, never accept accountability or responsibility. Not only are you non-divine in the moment, you're acting beastly. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 like a savage and like yes. the worst among us. So and we 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 vacillate, we oscillate from good to bad in our day-to-day life and we make mistakes and we have to beg forgiveness at times or at least get some some uh, slack from our loved ones if we fly off the handle at something for example. <clears throat> but this can teach us about where abnormality comes from, what constitutes a corruption, and what can it do to you. And that's important to know because it's a slippery slope, and people are sliding down that slippery slope more and more. As a society, we are. So individually, it's got to be in the mix. Oh, yeah. And I want to point out, we don't really deal with it in this episode too much, but uh, Hinchins especially points out, and I'm sure Crater would uh, corroborate, that we're not talking about males here. This is a equal opportunity problem. There's, there's just as many females, just as many women that suffer from this condition as men. It may manifest differently, but it, it, it's definitely a problem for everybody. Yes, indeed. You ask creator, Hinchens writes about art. Art serves no functional purpose except to stir emotions in the viewer. He further writes, psychopaths have many curious traits. One is their lack of interest in creative arts. They do not draw, paint, sculpt, or carve. They do not take photographs except to themselves and their possessions. They do not cook for pleasure, invent recipes, nor make their own bread as a hobby. They do not create music, though they can be excellent in performing other people's work. This lack of creative drive is a curious thing when you first see it. It matches their generally empty sense of humor. Their hobbies are travel, shopping, eating out, and meeting new people. This is consumption, not creation, Hinchin says. I'm, I'm certain creativity is another secret language of empathy, he wrote, and as such, another effective psychopath detector. What is creator's perspective? All right, this is creator's answer. We would again agree with this generalization, although creativity is in the eye of the beholder, so will not be a perfect tool. But we can explain that something very profound is going on that creates the dichotomy this author has witnessed in the behavior of psychopaths compared to normal people. What this reveals in the paucity of ideas and originality of the psychopath is that the greatest wellspring of human creativity is coming from above. It comes from the divine realm often through the higher self, which is the part of the soul most directly responsible for your care and feeding as a physical human. And it is the inspiration that comes from the divine realm on a regular basis to help guide you in your life, to accomplish your soul purpose for the incarnation, to carry out the plans made in the light before you came into being in a physical form. Everyone has a life plan. Everyone has an elaborate arrangement of goals and strategies to link up with key individuals to carry out plans of great importance personally. Much of it is to heal prior karmic dilemmas so people will incarnate with the same family members again and again if need be to heal old wounds and give opportunities for advancement. 
All of those acts in their way are creative because they open doors. They create an avenue for new things to happen, advancements to be made in learning and growth and capability, the honing of skills and application of knowledge in novel ways to make one's life better than before. All of this is a creative endeavor, even though it might be to some observers an ordinary life unfolding. In the absence of a connection to the divine, the life will often be a shallow one because the personality and makeup and emotional range and morality of the individual will be shallow. All those things are a function of divinity. And if the divinity of a person is constrained because they are largely disconnected from their higher self, they will be without inspiration, guidance, much healing, or divine protection to keep them from being worsened still, from interlopers manipulating them to keep them in a state of disarray and in a worsening condition of inner conflict and torment. Under such circumstances, there will be a lack of the ability to devise creative plans and solutions for the betterment of oneself, let alone others, and coupled with an ability to feel empathy and compassion, such individuals that meet the criteria of the psychopath will be quite selfish and self-serving because it is all they can feel and relate to. Indeed, even acts of loving kindness are creative acts. You do not have a script to follow to tell you where and when to do things other than the established holidays. So you are taught when to send certain greeting cards for major occasions and so on, but those are token gestures of cultural heritage and often done by people going through the motions in a sense of obligation more so than deep caring, and that will always be the case with the psychopath. Anything of that sort they do is putting on a show to make themselves look good because they know other people mysteriously appreciate such things. So they may go out of their way to shower attention and gifts on someone, but it will only be a manipulation to gain something for the self. And if that is not forthcoming or satisfying, they will turn their, on their heels and abandon the other person in a flash. This dilemma of being without a reservoir of creativity in the form of divine inspiration puts the psychopath at a great disadvantage. They will often struggle all life long with this. Some rebel and turn to crimes and even acts of violence because of their frustration and disappointment with life. Those who excel and succeed seemingly do so by learning how to work the levers of power so they gain control over others and get others to do what is needed creatively for their benefit. And so live as a kind of parasite off of the ingenuity and resourcefulness of the people around them. So that's the dilemma, actually, because it, they actually set up a kind of trap for, for people in the sense that so many people who are empathetic, we see their dilemma. You know, we see them struggling. We see their, their lack of wisdom and their lack of creativity. And so being compassionate in our own right, we want to kind of jump in and help them, right? Yes. So these are people that are not going to take our help. Yeah. Well, and uh, you see you see a paucity of little talent 
you see, you see a, 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 a paucity of talent in so many artists today and performers of all kinds, musicians and the writing of music, pop music and so on. It lacks depth. It lacks feeling. It lacks meaning. A lot of it. Not all of it, but, but there, this is part of this slippery slope. I remember the story about uh, Andy Warhol, the pop artist, mm-hmm. and I don't really know, don't know much about him. He had a kind of, uh, you know, hippie beatnik in those days lifestyle, kind of hedonistic and so on. I don't know his religious views, but I suspect he wasn't a religious person and so on. But I remember reading about his life. They were interviewing people who knew him, and he was living with this woman. And he, he ran out of ideas. You know, what am I going to paint? He was early in his career. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to paint. And that's a classic dilemma of not being inspired, like writer's yeah. block. You know, that's when you're cut off from the divine. Yes. So the woman, they were sitting in the kitchen. The woman said, here, here's a can of soup. Paint the can of soup. <laughs> so we did. And, this can of soup and it was famous. wildly successful. It was like <laughs> this new, you know, pop art. It was called avant-garde. <laughs> and he came back. He was complaining again. You know, I'm out of idea. I don't know what to, you know. Well, here's a dollar bill. Paint the dollar bill. And he painted a dollar bill. And it was like this revelation in art. The art world was, was you know, orgasmic. <laughs> orgasmic. Yes. But you see, he he was devoid of inspiration. Right. For whatever reason, I don't want to you know, tar him with with uh, being anything like a psychopath. That's not the point. We can all have those moments when we're cut off, and we do that by being in a low vibration. Yes, absolutely. U.S. creator Hinchins says the psychopath is not emotionless. The psychopath feels hunger when bored, then obsession when she finds a new target. As she starts the chase, she feels euphoria, and as she closes in, she feels glee. When she moves in for the kill, she feels fury, and as she inflicts damage, she feels bloodlust. As she feeds, she feels gluttony, then satiation when she's had enough. And when she fails in a hunt, she feels blocked. All other emotions she shows are fake. That's a that's a bold statement right there. So we're going to ask Creator if that's true or not. What is Creator's perspective on that? All right, these are Creator's words. What this is an apt description, well, this is an apt description of savagery, we would congratulate the author that he's not far from the truth here in the overall description of interpersonal relationships of a psychopath with others. Whether done on a small or large scale with a degree of emotion involved, the psychopath is quite limited in their range of emotions. Being loveless, they are reduced to only being able to register feelings about things that are self-serving. There is no room for the giving of love to others with such a constraint, nor will love be felt when given from others. It will simply be felt as obedience, subservience, loyalty, and a kind of vulnerability that gives the psychopath a kind of inner thrill that they have hold over that person because they have, in effect, surrendered to the psychopath and their desires. This is why psychopaths often exhibit extreme negative conduct screaming at people on the phone, leaving a torrent of hate-filled complaints and criticisms in voicemail, giving their partner a dressing down in front of others with no sense of being at all sensitive to that person's need for a self-image that will fit in and be accepted by others and will be humiliated if subjected to a tirade 
but such behavior is very common by the psychopath. They will have no end of judgments and criticisms about any and all they encounter. It might not all be vocalized, but they will have poor judgment about where and when and to what degree it is acceptable to launch a harangue, a barrage of criticism, an attack verbally, or even threatening physical action in extreme cases, simply because they dislike what someone's doing or how they think or feel they have not been accepted or treated with the respect they are due in feeling they are superior and therefore entitled to special treatment. The instinct for self-preservation becomes paramount, and any threat to the personal power of the psychopath must be dealt with in order to preserve security and a position of dominance, which is all important because the ego demands it. It is all they have a kind of posturing, a false front they show the world, and when that is threatened, it can be devastating, and they will launch an attack of great savagery to put the other party in their place and show them the error of their ways. And this further serves as an outlet for emptiness, for for the anger and bitterness they feel about life. Because there is a life of uncertainty and emptiness, and all they have to fill the void is their ego. That is ultimately doomed to fail, and it is those times when their ego is too outsized and not being respected, when they will have a meltdown and mount a savage attack against someone, and may well take it to excess in an attempt to grind them into the dirt if they can. That lack of proportionality is itself a good indicator that one is dealing with a psychopath when undeserved criticism is launched that is excessive. And the point that the creator makes, the lack of proportionality. You know, we all think that that holding a grudge is a non-divine thing, and in many ways it isn't. But the psychopath can have a massive meltdown and then in a split second turn around and act like everything's okay and that there was never a problem. You know, whereas somebody who's generally harmed normally can't cool down that fast. You know, there's a cooling down period. But with psychopaths, they can they have like a switch. They can shut it off on a dime. And it's like, who is this person? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's when they're in their kind of manipulative mode and and it's calculating to to use their anger as a tool to dominate and and to manipulate. But they do have their insecurities because they're shallow and empty inside, and and they can turn on a person quite savagely, and it can lead to mayhem in extremes. And this is why a lot of people are are killed in, uh, you know, family uh, disputes, marital discord situations, and so on. People become unhinged by being out of touch with their divinity. That's really what it is. You know, Hinchins in his book pointed out that you rarely get to see the real psychopath because what you're seeing is a mimic all the time. They're, they're literally acting their life out. But when you do see the real psychopath, it is frightening in the extreme. So usually if you bring out that real psychopath, you're probably at the point where they're about ready to cut you off. You know, they've had enough and they're literally acting out their role almost up until that last point. So. Um, yes, but they're, they're tremendously insecure, but they also are very good at hiding that. And they go to great extents and great lengths to hide that. But if you pull all their mask away, 
watch out. <laughs> this is a message that's sent. So uh, we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at creators' warnings about the psychopaths among us. And this is not uh, a desire to go and demonize a segment of the population. Rather, this is an attempt to understand the problem so that we are in a position to cope as best we can, but also, more importantly, to help. That's really the emphasis here, Carl. Yes, indeed. And and again, I would point out, we're not just talking about the, the, the severe criminal element that's violent and you know things like uh, uh, mass like killers and so right. on. But there, there are CEOs of, of corporations, many of them who are psychopaths and heads of organizations of all kinds. The government is filled with psychopaths because they're a power and it attracts people who want power. And people rise to the top of groups yes by Please. exerting power and then you call it leadership but what if that's built on secret blackmail and backstabbing and gossip mongering and and the tools of the trade of someone who is ruthless yes. there's many ruthless people in in all walks of life and in the media and so on and they're heartless they will turn on you in, in a hurry, if they don't like something about you, they'll judge you, they'll condemn you, yep. and they're two-faced, and, and they're shallow, and they're not really coming from anything of substance because they're not connected to divinity any longer. And th- 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 the world's a terrible place because so many people are on this slippery slope. Yes. And, and I want to point out that Hinchin's uh, just like you said, we're not we're not talking about the the extreme minority that are criminal killers, for instance. This this is a significant segment of the population. Uh, Hinchins came to be curious about this, not because of serial killers, but because of typical internet trolling. 
you know, the, the people that just haunt forums and attack people all day long, you know. Um, he got, became curious, oh, who are these people and why are they motivated this way and what the heck are they doing, you know. You find these people in all walks of life. I had a friend years ago that used to tell me about what a disruptive environment the craft tent at the local Wayne County Fair was. <laughs> she said, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was the worst kind of soap opera you could possibly imagine. It's like, we're talking about knitting, <laughs> knitting and yeah. baking and sewing. It's like, it's just horrible, the story she told, you know. So this is a big problem that we're trying to kind of get our hands around, get our heads around. Well, we, so, we got to talk about the solution now. Yes, we're going to talk about solution right now. You ask creator, is the core belief of the psychopath that they are on their own and that everyone is either predator or prey and it's safer or better to be a predator? We know that beliefs are constrained. Are cons- we, we know that beliefs are considered a free will choice. How can prayer work and the light worker healing protocol, along with deep subconscious channeling and holographic memory resolution, be used as tools to help free the psychopath from their maladaptive multi-incarnation history and outlook and provide them with a true path back to divine alignment. Okay, we're getting getting into the solution. These are all approaches and techniques we offer at Get Wisdom. <clears throat> this is what Creator says. The depiction as a predator distills down the dilemma of the psychopath and all living with them as they are prevalent in society and cause much suffering and harm. Their disconnection from the higher self prevents the flow of love and light, leaving the psychopath without the normal emotions that are a manifestation of love energy coming from the divine, to have empathy, to have compassion for others, to have genuine caring and loving feelings. Wanting to be with someone, enjoying their company, and forming a deep love bond transcends words and what it can provide in the way of enrichment and growth of the soul. Love is only strengthened by challenge, difficulty, and obstacles in the way. It makes the need for love grow and the desire along with it. When you have individuals who are psychopaths and are loveless, it is a major dilemma for them as much as those around them. While most people do not hold much sympathy for the psychopath, especially considering such individuals come to the attention of others in that light because of misconduct and often tragic circumstances, such individuals truly need love as much or more than anyone. If they are to find a way back to being in divine alignment, They need the gift of healing in order to recover an ability to feel and use love, to bestow love to others as well as themselves, and develop a strength of character from having loving perspectives to keep things in proportion in knowing what is truly important, that the feelings of others and their sense of worth and belonging are to be cherished and nurtured and not derided and stomped on when it is an inconvenience. The psychopath has no patience for the needs of other people because they lack empathy and see no importance in cultivating love from others. Besides a kind of obligation through bonding they have come to learn can be cultivated through pretending to care about others and form a friendship, but this is more to put on a pair of handcuffs than to give of themselves in wanting to be of service. 
the way back is often quite difficult. This is one of the most daunting challenges in healing one can encounter. This is why the situation of humanity is currently so dire, because the world is being run by an alliance of dark spirits with an extraterrestrial alliance whose members are all functional psychopaths. Having had a long history in their culture of turning away from the spiritual in any form and are now atheists and accordingly are loveless beings. They only seek power and control and will use any savage means they need to to assert their authority and gain their objectives. They can be deceivers. They can be disarming and charming in their interactions, taking the time and trouble to be subtle and quite deceptive in corrupting channelers, for example, to believe they are talking to a high-level being who cares about them, but it is all an act. The question now is what to do. The first order of business always for any need is to launch prayer requests to the divine. This greatly enhances the reach of the individual. If you form a partnership with creator, your life will go much better and you will have much greater chance to have success and happiness. There are many things you cannot do on your own, particularly in a world where evil is on the ascendancy and seeking to crush you. This is a divine level problem. The step up from prayer alone is to use the Lightworker Healing Protocol because it is a predefined series of high-level requests to address all potential sources of negativity that can befall humans individually and collectively and to invoke divine healing in ways the divine actually uses to solve such problems. So by providing specificity in describing the need at hand and what one wants the divine realm to do about it, we have the requisite human intention enabling us to go to work on your behalf. Without that, we have to stand on the sidelines and leave it all up to you. You are not doing so well as a society. Few people understand the dilemma they face, what is truly happening especially behind the scenes controlling things. You are sitting ducks and do not know it. Your world is getting worse as they ramp up more and more calamities to challenge you, to sap your strength, to drag you down and make you increasingly vulnerable through depletion, economically and emotionally, in causing such turmoil and disarray through increased crime, social unrest, political divisiveness, and so on. The relentless march of secularism to deny the value of spirituality, whether through religion or not, is taking a huge toll and adding to your disempowerment. It guarantees you will remain on your own and will fail unless something changes things. The strength and power of the Lightworker Healing Protocol is because it can do deep karmic repair for the multiple lifetimes of corruption that have degraded the ability of people to stay in divine alignment, make them vulnerable to the dark spirits who prey on them, and further corrupt their inner beliefs to darken them and further disconnect them from the divine. The campaign of bullying deep within the subconscious tips many into madness, eventually, 
But even short of that, people will not be their true selves, but a highly wounded version that functions poorly. The Lightworker Healing Protocol can begin the process of repair needed to undo this damage and help to reconnect people to their sole purpose and allow a greater flow of love and light from the divine once more to enter their being. This provides the wherewithal for self-empowerment and a rearrangement of priorities. This is facilitated through the Lightworker Healing Protocol with an active interaction between Creator and the individual's deep subconscious mind to resolve past trauma and restore the potential for a more positive perspective. To speed this healing, your channel has innovated an ideal combination of channeling of the deep subconscious to talk with it and identify its chief concerns And through describing what it struggles with, this allows facilitating a trauma resolution process using holographic memory resolution to heal the old dilemmas and drain away the stored negativity. This, in turn, repairs the energetic signature of the events in question, which is all that needs to happen to right the wrongs of history and resolve any potential for a negative karmic consequence in the future. It essentially resolves the trauma in a way that takes away the sting and the damaging consequences. This cannot be done through any conventional therapeutic approach and cannot be done on one's own either. It is often the case that what one needs is deep subconscious repair and healing along with changes to beliefs held within the deep subconscious. This can only be done with creator's help to cement it in place and restore greater flexibility and a higher level of functioning and outlook. So this is a blessing that will help humanity be saved and healed, given enough time and work by practitioners following this strategy. People must be awakened to know what they are facing, see the signs of need, and come to understand the reality of the solutions we are pointing you to, so they will be embraced implemented and allow humanity to save the day through a partnership with the divine in implementing these tools for your deliverance. It is up to you to learn more about these and make the requests for assistance. We cannot act without your invitation. You know, an analogy I would make here is imagine if the psychopath were really just any human being, because we all share the same dilemma at some level or other, is like a boat that's anchored to the bottom of the ocean. Now, no matter how much you pull and tug on the boat, it's not going to go anywhere as long as it's anchored. But we are not able to get that anchor up. Only creator can do that. And only if we ask and make the request to do so. So think of the Lightworker Healing Protocol and prayer work as loosening and bringing that anchor up and then even if the anchor is up doesn't mean the boat's going to move if it's a glass lake and there's no wind and it'll sit there right so we are we may have to do more than just count on creator to bring the anchor up but we're not going to go anywhere without that with that anchor in place and that that work has to be done or there's going to be no movement of that boat ultimately so that's really where the focus should be you know we, we can't really do more until the backlog of karmic wounding is taken care of well, and, and again, this points to the reality, we need the divine. We are of the divine and from the divine. It's our birthright, our heritage. 
And without it, we're going down. Yeah. So the folly of people who think that religion is a threat, that it's dangerous, it needs to be diminished and excluded, outlawed if you can get away with it. But, you know, we're working on the court packing to, lay, to allow that to happen and so on. <laughs> the political <laughs> solutions will only make things worse because the politicians are the last people you can look to for divine wisdom. Yeah. Politics is like pushing on a boat that's anchored. You can push all you want, but until that anchor is loosened, we're not going anywhere. And politics is not the, the way we're going to solve any of these dilemmas. Well, and, and most likely it'll end up with setting the boat on fire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> on top of everything else, then it sinks, and then what? Oh, boy. <laughs> on that note, we're out of time, Carl. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.